0: following podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It does not reflect the thoughts or opinions of my university or its affiliates. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. My name is Dr. Adam. I am the Sister Wives Professor. I am a professor of interpersonal and family communication and among many other things, I am a follower of the TLC television series, Sister Wives. I am here today to talk to you about Season 1, Episode four, third Third Wife in Labor. As always, I want to sort of talk to you about the content of the episode, my thoughts, my reactions, and try to thread in as naturally as possible anything that I can draw from my expertise in families and from interpersonal communication and any kind of related concepts that might come up. Okay, so let's talk about this one. Third wife in labor. We open up with shots of Truly's crib in Christine's bedroom in her apartment in the big house in Lehigh. Once again, that crib is directly in front of a large gun safe. And I really can't remark upon this enough. <laughs> the, the choice to put the baby's crib in front of the gun safe is fa- just just a fascinating contrast. Don't you think, and I'm not even wading into the the gun thing whatsoever that frankly just doesn't interest me for the purposes of this discussion and this podcast, but the contrast between responsible gun ownership, which it is to have a locked safe for your firearms, and to place the baby's crib directly in front of that gun safe, is just hashtag America. What can I say? Nothing like it. We repeat some footage. From the pilot episode of the show, as a matter of fact, if Christine talking about how Unborn truly already loves the entire family, reacts to the voices, especially Cody, all that good stuff we see only Janelle, Mary, and Robin on the couch. So no Cody and no Christine. And Janelle is discussing a previous miscarriage of Christine's in some detail. And she states that she's surprised that Christine would want to have another baby. And you see Mary next to Janelle sort of nodding in agreement, uh, implying that she too was surprised that Christine made this choice. It's an interesting thing, and I obviously took note of it, that Janelle is discussing... Obviously, a very private thing that happened to Christine. Now, it's been brought up on the show before. This is reality television. They are exposing any number of things about their family history, about their lives, and so on and so forth. That's not the weird thing. The weird thing was Janelle talking about this thing that happened to Christine, this traumatic thing that happened without Christine in the room at the time. That stood out to me as being kind of different. We see Cody strutting around, smiling, wearing sunglasses, slacks, and of course a tucked in button down shirt. His gait, his walk, kind of weird. It's more of a strut than a walk. He's got some swagger to him, almost a Ric Flair strut going on. And it's interesting, the way we move, the way we move our bodies in general can say quite a bit about both how we see ourselves and how we would like to be seen by other people including the way that we walk. So one of the things that is currently talked about quite a bit, right, is man-spreading. And this, in general, is just the act of just physically taking up as much space in public as one possibly can, because this, in theory, denotes confidence or perhaps more likely a lack of concern for the comfort of others. Cody's walk, if I were to interpret, is Cody either feels or maybe wants others to think he feels very confident that he is on top of the world and he really gives off this performative energy of being king stuff shall we say try to keep it clean on this podcast cody either feels really good about himself wants others to think that he feels really good about himself or possibly both those aren't mutually exclusive at all right We see Janelle, Mary, and Robin on the couch, noting that Robin's wedding is in eight weeks, Mary's 20th anniversary is a week away, and we will talk about that with next episode. Believe me, I've got quite a bit to say about a lot of things that occurred around and during that anniversary celebration, and also truly at this point is a week overdue. Quite a lot going on for the family. We see Cody and Christine in the car. Cody is sort of making fun of Christine's nervousness, comes across as an attempt to be playful, to playfully poke fun at his very pregnant wife, which I don't recommend. So far already, I am noticing a theme within the family culture of the Browns of playfully, in quotation marks, making fun of each other. This could be playful communication. This could be totally understood and accepted as part of the family culture. This also could be passive aggression, could be both. The funny thing about things like this is it's all fun and this is how we talk until it's not, you know, it's not hurtful until it is. And as the sender of a message, we can't control very much at all how the receiver interprets the message that we send. Right. And it's not always going to be consistent. It depends upon mood, upon context, upon content. So. I am wondering, I find myself wondering because it's not just Cody. I mean, Cody does this, but you see the wives do it to Cody. You see the wives do it to each other. I mentioned this in the previous episode of this podcast. In fact, I'm left wondering if this is a way to express things, perhaps that they don't feel comfortable expressing seriously, or if it's a byproduct of the cameras and they're letting stuff out in like maybe a camera safe way. I have no idea, but I'm going to keep paying attention to it as we go forward. Still in the car, I note that Cody is holding Christine's hand while he's driving, which is very sweet. It's This is what we, in communication, call a tie sign, T-I-E, uh, like necktie, a tie sign. It's, it's a sign to the public and those around you that you are a couple. So holding hands, touching someone's back as you usher them through a door, right? Things that are demonstrating without speaking that, hey, we are a couple. We are tied together. We are connected in some form or fashion, sociologically and communicatively. Robin says that she grabbed Janelle and Christine's kids, brought them over to her place for what I think she means to say a party. But for some reason, she says it like potty, like when a toddler is learning to go boom, boom in the toilet. But OK, sure. Why not? Lots of quick cuts by the editor at this point. Showing all the kids playing, laughing, kids seemingly are having a great time, but the, the editor is choosing to do a lot of quick cuts and quick cuts are done to emphasize chaos and stress. And this does seem to be a chaotic and stressful situation, trying to manage so many people, especially so many kids. We then see some footage of Robin treating a scrape on Savannah's knee, which would denote, right, that the kids were being rowdy, probably running too much in the house, probably not listening to the adults enough. I know how that goes. And Robin doing a voiceover saying, yeah, this, this is difficult, and she cries. She She does cry. She cries visible tears. Maybe the first visible tears... Robin in the series, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, but they're there because she's talking about how important her stepfather was in her own life and sort of drawing a parallel between that and her being the caretaker in this moment of Christine and Janelle's kids, as well as, of course, her own children. When we are able to, the the common phrase is pay it forward, right? When we are able to embody and enact positive behaviors for others that that people in our past have done for us, this is a very emotional, positive, positive, emotional thing to do. If you have mentors, parents, step-parents, older siblings, strangers, what, you know, teachers, whatever, who were influential in setting you on the right path or protecting you or defining things in a positive way for you, and then you are later in your life able to actualize the same thing for other people. It's, it can be a very overwhelmingly emotional thing because you're connecting raw, vulnerable, emotional times in your own life with the ability to do good for others, this is all just to say I can see why she feels this way. Mary agrees with us. She notes not for the last time in this episode alone that she wanted more kids. She says she wanted eight kids. She fully expected that. Eight biological children of her own. The pain of not being able to plan your own family in the way that you envision is a deep and a powerful one. And based upon my interpretation, Mary is grappling with this. Mary sometimes says this in a way where she comes across convincingly as very at peace and probably feels at peace sometimes. Other times, very much not. That's emotion. That's loss. That's how it goes. It's it. Sometimes you're in summer and sometimes you're in winter with your own experiences. Seasons just change. Mary also discloses her own miscarriage three years before filming began. She discusses this very matter-of-factly, but Powerful disclosure, a lot of a lot of theming right between the loss of potential pregnancies of Mary and Christine, along with Truly's impending arrival into the world. Speaking of which, we see Christine in the hospital with Cody. Having a child in a hospital is quite rare in a polygamous culture for a lot of reasons. Janelle confirms that she thinks this is a good idea, this is the right move because of Christine's age and Christine previously having that miscarriage. Christine's still excited about having Cody's 13th kid on the 13th of the month. She's looking directly at Cody while she's saying this, and I want to point that out because then Cody... Turns away from Christine, starts mugging to the camera again, like he tends to do. He, he looks at the camera, points at Christine, and talks about, we've got to induce. And he laughs. Cody, in these early episodes, and I don't know how long this lasts because it doesn't last forever, but Cody is really performing. And Cody, I figured out what it is that bothers me about this, is Cody is talking to the camera, as if the camera is the only one that's in on the joke the way he is, so to say. Not not that the show is a joke or his life is a joke, but but whatever he's talking about. He talks to the camera as if he's in a television show, which he is, but as you know, the point of reality television is to be in a television show without acting like it. And Cody continuously breaks the fourth wall like he's in an episode of The Office or something. It's It's awkward, it's performative, it's insincere. And it's kind of uncomfortable. And you contrast this particular moment where Christine is excited and locking eyes with Cody and Cody turns away, starts goofing for the camera and Christine keeps talking to him. And Christine never breaks eye contact. She never stops looking at Cody. This whole time, Christine doesn't look at the camera. Christine doesn't acknowledge the camera or the producer. Very different between Christine and Cody in that moment. Says a lot about their dynamic. There's a very sweet moment, to be fair, right after this with Cody and Christine both laying down in the same hospital bed. Christine with her arm around him. It's its very sweet. Dr. Bean, king of patient provider communication, rolls in. Yeah, Dr. Bean. In contrast to Cody and Christine, Dr. Bean is very calm. I would guess that he's sort of metaphorically speaking, taking the temperature to see how Christine's doing because Dr. Bean gets more animated later, but he's very steady and talking to Christine. Um, Cody finds the baby's heartbeat and then takes time to praise himself for finding the heartbeat. So good for you, Cody. The nurse on call says that she has done. Polygamist deliveries before, even talks about how she likely has her own polygamist family members. You can tell we're in Utah, right? Because this is very much in contrast with later seasons when they're in Vegas and they just keep asking seemingly anybody they interact with if they've ever met polygamists, and the answer is always no. So it's quite different here in Lehigh where polygamy is a thing. Robin and Janelle discuss the culture of fear regarding hospitals, not wanting the husband to go to jail. This may be the first real reference to potential legal punitive aspects of the lifestyle in the show, but that will increase in intensity very much so very soon as we get towards the move to Las Vegas. Dr. Bean is smiling, talking very positively with Christine about the epidural. And later you see Dr. Bean, as I said, he's, he's becoming more animated as he realizes that Christine is more comfortable and that Christine is on board and she's feeling good. So Dr. Bean loosens up and becomes more excited as we've seen him in the past talking about the impending birth. And it's funny because there's this, this one continuous shot where you see Dr. Bean and Christine just chatting away, really excited, talking to each other. And the camera pans over to the left to Cody and Cody is on his phone (laughs) And he notices the camera's on him and he hastily puts his phone away. I'm not talking bad about Cody in this instance. He likely was just coordinating with the 500 people in his family about this birth and the things he needs to do. But still pretty funny, pretty funny stuff. Robin announces to the kids in her apartment that their mom is going to have a baby today. Their excitement is palpable. They're really stoked about truly's arrival it's it's nice to see cody decides to dip on the delivery room go home and to announce what's going on even though robin just did that christine is talking about how comfortable she feels in the hospital she's smiling seemingly very at ease all her nonverbal signals show happiness show excitement shows that she's feeling pretty good we see cody in a different shirt now he's changed into a blue and white striped number not the worst idea to you know Wash up after you leave the hospital. Cutting back and forth between Christine alone in the delivery room, telling Cody on the phone to hurry. Cody is at Robin's. She's, she's rattling off a list of snacks, probably just trying to be helpful. Cody and Robin both leave the apartment. They close the door behind them with the camera still inside the apartment. They are still miked, so we can hear them kissing each other, being physically affectionate. Again, they are not married at this point, which... I'm not saying I have a problem with, but we know for a fact, much more importantly, Christine has a problem with that degree of physical affection before marriage, especially as your wife is about to have a baby. It is a choice. And then Cody, when he sees the camera, he walks away from Robin. And yet he he sort of, I'm kissing my girlfriend. And then he walks back and does it again, calls her his girlfriend, embraces her and kisses her again. So Cody seemingly unrepentant, at least in the moment of what he's been caught doing. They did close the door to begin with, too. So interesting series of events. Cody back in the hospital in his new blue shirt. Aspen is there, too. The anesthesiologist explaining the epidural process. Ashton's whole presentation is 100% channeling Ashley Simpson. If you weren't there, I don't know how to explain it. But just let me say, that was the style at the time. Nothing wrong with it. Quite a bit of footage of the actual epidural process. In the edit of the show, nothing too graphic, but it's it's interesting how much they do show. We see a big dollhouse in Robin's apartment. Robin talking about the significance of this dollhouse as her kids are playing with it. She says that her father built it for her. These family artifacts can be very significant in our lives, especially if there are things that you have saved that are connected to positive aspects of your childhood. And if you are able to pass them on to a niece or a nephew or your own children, that can be a very cathartic, very positive thing. To connect positive moments of your own childhood with your own caretaking, your own parenting, whatever the case may be. It's a wonderful thing. And she says she's been saving doll furniture ever since Brianna was a baby. And so she seems really excited to be able to see all these girls, her girls and girls from the other wives playing together. They have four mommy dolls and one daddy doll. Little Gwendolyn starts making the dolls kiss and narrates that this is the most fun part. That's just seemingly what kids do. Although I will say the brown children, unlike my children, have clothes on all the dolls. So that's nice to see. That's different from what I'm used to. Cody talking to Dr. Bean over the bed where his pregnant wife is in labor, asking Dr. Bean about fertility issues of Mary. So talking about your other wife's infertility while your one wife is giving birth, that is some stuff that you, I guess, can do. Dr. Bean even points out that this is an interesting contrast, and Cody explains it away, waves it away, says, oh, well, Mary and Christine have a close relationship. One, I don't know that that's necessarily the case, and two, that doesn't really address the situation to my satisfaction, but okay. Janelle in a red vest, white button-down shirt combo, she looks very Mrs. Claus chic, and hear me out, because A, I mean that sincerely, and B, I mean that as a compliment, She looks great. She just looks festive. There's nothing wrong. I am wearing a Christmas sweater right now. It's got a llama on it as I'm recording this. Folks, it's my brand. I just had to acknowledge it. She looks fantastic. Janelle tells the camera, Christine is ready to deliver, so she's coordinating with Robin to bring all the many, many, many brown human beings to meet the new baby. Christine is in it. Christine's lips are shaking. She's she's going through the process. Cody is very excited, smiling broadly and doing what we know he does best. When it comes to one of his wives being in labor, he's yelling at his wife to continue to breathe. That seemingly is the one thing he knows for sure is I should tell her to breathe. As a man who has been in the delivery room with the woman he loves giving birth and not knowing what the hell to do with myself, going to give him a pass on that one. You don't have to, but I do feel like I do. Cody's very focused, making eye contact with Christine, checking on Truly's delivery, going right back to making eye contact with Christine. He's he's focused. He's in the moment. He's invested. I can see why later the wives say that he's a good partner to be there during a birth. I, I get it. Truly's born, adorable tiny baby. Christine overwhelmed, of course, physically and emotionally. Says Aspen, she looks just like you. It's a very sweet moment between a mother and her teenage daughter and her newborn baby daughter. She's just lovely, just just absolutely lovely, in my opinion. Christine breathless, happy as Truly takes her first cries. Christine remarking on, she is pro epidural. <laughs> it seemingly smoothed out the process for her, which is wonderful truly born at 7 pounds and 11 ounces just beautiful baby the producers uh switch to slow motion at this point and piano music drops out all the natural audio no sound no voices no nothing just just the piano and the slow motion footage trying to trying to give us as viewers the moment and the gravity of the baby's birth aspen says the birth was so cool she's on her phone <laughs> She says it, teens and phones. But again, to be fair to Aspen, I'm sure she was texting her sisters, sending photos, because we actually do see some tiny photos of baby truly on like a flip phone really took me back. Old technology is so surreal because so many other things about these shows still seem contemporary and not very dated. But then you see the technology, the cell phone or whatever technology and go, oh, gosh, that was that was a while ago, wasn't it? Amazing to see the 500 members of the Brown family all descending on the hospital to see this tiny baby, just this crowd of people of all ages, shapes, and sizes. Janelle even mentions that she says the quote, massive people walking in. We see a lot of footage of the teens taking turns, holding the baby, you know, loving on the baby, Cody picking up truly and showing her to the smaller kids. It probably shouldn't be, you know, holding a baby without support. Mary again it, for the second time in the same episode, talks about how she wanted her own big family and lots of kids, and she said, "I did get that, just in a different way." This will be touched upon more and more, including next episode. So I won't get into it too much right now. But Mary, I think, is is struggling. I, I'm sure. I I don't know how seeing another wife give birth would not make your own desires and your own. Uh, relationship with your ability to plan your family, how it would not make that very, very present, no matter how happy she is. We end with footage of Truly in her crib, playing with stuffed animals, tugging on blankets and so on and so forth. And all I could think was when my first son was born, how we had to read all these pamphlets and they gave us little like storybooks about don't put anything in the crib with the baby. Now, to be fair, Truly is not alone. She's being watched by the camera person and probably a producer, maybe even her family members. We don't know, right? We don't see it. But all I could think about was how many times I was told, like, don't put stuffed animals in the the crib. Don't put blankets in the crib. Just put the baby in there. Put him on his back. (laughs) And that's it. You know, and this says more about me than anyone else. This is all I could think about. Next episode, Mary and Cody's 20th anniversary, and it is an event where people say things and do things. I can't wait to talk about it. The wives buy a ring for Robin, and most importantly, Cody does what he does best, makes people upset. That is season one, episode four, Third Wife in Labor. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I will never forget the feeling I had recently when I got my first subscriber to this podcast. and. I had this moment of wow. I guess I got to keep doing this. Like I, I, I want to deliver for people now. It was just a nice feeling. So thank you. If you ever wonder if this stuff matters, it does definitely matter to me. I will continue doing this as long as I can, and as long as it's enjoyable, and as long as you want to hear my take on this stuff. If there's things you want to hear that I'm not doing, or if you have any feedback for me whatsoever, you can send me an email at the Sister Wives Professor at gmail.com. I'm happy to hear from you. And of course, if you want to subscribe, leave a review or a comment or whatever else you want to do, that is your feedback is always welcome. Okay. My name is Dr. Adam. I am the Sister Wives Professor. I'm a professor. I'm a teacher. I'm a researcher. I'm a follower of Sister Wives. And more importantly than any of that, I'm your friend. And I can't wait to talk to you more next time. I will see you then.